Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. 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 This episode is brought to you by Hostfully, a company that helps you make beautiful guidebooks for your listing, especially for get paid for your pad listeners. Get two free months of their premium version. For more details, visit hostfully.com slash pad. Welcome to episode 157 of Get Paid for Your Pad. My name is Jesper, I'm your host, and today I'm doing this episode solo. I've been getting a lot of questions from people about the sale of my apartment in Amsterdam and also the progress that I've made reinvesting the proceeds in different properties around the world. Now, as you may know, I've talked about this before. In Amsterdam, the Airbnb started enforcing the regulations, the local regulations that had been in place for a long time, but they they never enforced it. Now, Airbnb this year started to enforce these regulations, which means that hosts can only rent out an entire unit for 60 days. Now that's not enough for me to hold on to my apartment. And so I decided to sell it and I've actually already sold it. Uh, The real estate market in Amsterdam is very, very hot right now. Uh, The prices uh, have risen above pre-financial crisis levels and it's very easy to sell an apartment if you're in a good location. So it only took me about two weeks. I did uh, some small maintenance uh, before I sold the apartment. I've been told that that was a good idea to give the unit a new layer of paint. Just fix some minor issues. Uh, because when, you know, when people come to look at your apartment, they don't want to feel like there's something wrong with it or they need to fix a lot of things. So if it looks good, it looks nice, then uh, apparently you get a better price. Uh, I mean, this is the first time that I've ever sold an apartment, so I wasn't quite sure what the best strategy was, but uh, this is how I ended up doing it. I hired a broker and the broker organized a few viewing days. That's how people sell places in Amsterdam because there's so many buyers that you literally just tell the buyers, okay, well, you know, you, you'll be able to see the apartment in, on, on these three days between these hours and you know, more than 20 people showed up and, uh, Somebody uh, immediately decided to bid the price that I was asking for it, which was uh, around $450,000. So uh, that was it. Uh, the person was an investor, so I didn't need to wait for that person to arrange his mortgage and everything. Uh, it was a, a very smooth process. Within a, a couple of weeks, uh, we were at the notary's office to sign all the contracts. And now I am officially homeless. And, you know, it's uh, something that I've uh, always uh, wanted to achieve. So, I'm, uh, you know, I'm very proud and happy to finally have reached the homeless uh, status. And uh, I'm very excited to 
you know, for the new opportunities that are ahead. Now, one thing I wanted to notice is, you know, even though this, the sale of the, my apartment went pretty smooth, and I was also able to rent out my apartment for 58 days before I sold it. And so, you know, I already also stayed in my own apartment for about three or four weeks. So during the sales process, you know, I managed to pretty much optimize any empty days, any days that wasn't occupied to still rent out an Airbnb. But there was one hiccup in the whole process that kind of screwed me a little bit. And, and so I want to mention it because, you know, for people out there who are uh, looking to sell their apartment, this is something that you really have to be careful with. So I knew that I was going to sell my apartment by the end of April. And so I made sure to block my calendar after this date, because obviously if I don't own the apartment anymore, I can't rent it out. And I didn't want somebody to book, make a booking at a date where I wouldn't be able to host. The thing that I forgot though, is that I already had a, a maximum window of three months. So my calendar settings were already set such that people weren't able to book beyond three months. And so when I looked at my calendar, you know, with the intention to block all future dates, you know, I noticed that the months that were in the future, the months that were, you know, three months or more in the future, they were already blocked. And so only the first few months were showing. And so what I did is I, you know, I blocked these three months, but then a few days later, I got a booking in May. I, you know, I still had instant book on and I still, I still had it on because I still had some days left in April that I could rent out. So, you know, I was really trying to make the most of it. Um, but then I got a booking in May and, you know, at first I, I wasn't sure how this was possible because in my mind, my calendar was completely blocked. Now, what turned out is, of course, this, this window, this three month window, this moves every day, right? And so as this window was moving, more uh, dates were opening up. So, you know, this, it's kind of a, it's kind of a little bit complicated to, uh, to visualize, but basically every day that passed, like one day, basically the day that was like exactly three months in the future plus one, no, sorry, three months in the future uh, minus one uh, opened up and I wasn't aware of that. So I, I ended up getting a booking and unfortunately, you know, obviously I had to cancel it. Uh, which, uh, which is a shame because if you make one cancellation, you lose your superhost status. So now I lost my superhost status. And even though it was, it was an instant booking and you know, you can cancel up to three instant bookings if you're not comfortable with the guest, but you have to, you know, provide a reason for that. You have to message the guest and, and tell them why you don't want to host them. And, you know, I didn't, I really didn't have that reason. Uh, I mean, the reason that I had to cancel was just because I, you know, I made a mistake. My, my calendar wasn't showing correctly because of the, the settings, um, that I chose. And because basically I, you know, I didn't think about, I didn't just think about it properly. Anyway, so I wanted to, to mention this. Uh, it's kind of annoying because you know, now I have to wait one year before I can get my super host status back, which is kind of uh, a little unfortunate. But at the same time, you know, it's not, I don't think it's that big of a deal. 
you know, I won't be starting my new Airbnb in Colombia until somewhere at the end of the summer, maybe early uh, fall, maybe September, October. And I know, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that even without the superhost status, I'll be able to uh, to get the good traction and uh, and run a successful Airbnb. But uh, but still, I want to mention it to warn other people. Um, there, I mean, if you if you are going to go ahead and, and sell your place, or you need to block your calendar in the future, I mean, be, be careful with the with the free month moving window. Um, there's also a setting that allows you to block old dates by default. So I recommend that uh, you use that setting, and then you just make the dates that are available. You just manually make those available. So then you're guaranteed that everything will be blocked and you don't make the same mistake that I made. All right. So the next topic I wanted to talk to was the the unit that I bought in Colombia. A lot of people have been asking me, oh, how's it going? When is it going to be open? Um, you know, what's the process? So it seems like a lot of people might be interested uh, in investing abroad as well. I can imagine because... You know, there's a lot of cities around the world where the regulations are getting stricter and stricter. And so it makes sense for people to, you know, potentially look in other places around the world where, you know, the regulations may be a little bit more favorable. So, um, well, the current status of my apartment in Colombia is that they are renovating it. I've seen some pictures. They've completely teared down the place. It looks like a huge mess. I mean, the roof, the walls, like the floor, like everything is going up. The only thing that will remain are is basically the basic structure of the building. But everything else is going to be completely renovated. Now, I've had to deal with a lot of documents in order to arrange this purchase. And, and especially the transferring money from Holland to Colombia turned out to be uh, an, an interesting uh, process. So. The Colombians, they they kind of want to monitor like all the money that comes into the country. And so I had to open an account with a broker. And that broker, in order for me to open that account, they, you know, they had to do a bunch of due diligence. So I had to show them exactly where the, my money was coming from. I had to show them you know, the, the documents of the sale of my apartment, a lot of bank statements, copy of passport, all that kind of stuff. So I had to send all those documents over to Colombia, and uh, that took actually a while because, you know, I, I sent the package with all the documents, and it was supposed to arrive within a week or a week and a half, but then it didn't. And of course, I lost my receipt. I'm, I'm a little unorganized sometimes. It's also a bit challenging to keep, you know, to carry around all these type of like receipts and papers and stuff when you're uh, traveling like I am. But in any case, I lost a tracking code. But fortunately, about three or three and a half weeks after I sent the documents, they arrived. So the, they were able to open my broker account in Colombia. And mind you, this is not a bank account. This is just a brokerage account that will allow me to send money into the country. Um, so it's quite a, you know, a, a little bit complicated. But... At the same time, it's quite doable. Anyway, so now I've uh, I've actually transferred uh, most of the money, and everything should be uh, should be good. So you know, I'm looking forward to to visit and, and get this uh, apartment up and running. Probably going to document the whole process 
Uh, I figured uh, having this opportunity to literally start from scratch as an Airbnb host in a you know in a country that I'm not very familiar with, where they speak a language that you know I sort of speak but not perfectly. I figured it'd be an interesting sort of case study uh, for other people who are interested in you know, running Airbnbs in foreign countries. And so I'm going to document everything. I'm going to create videos, create a big blog post, so that other people can sort of uh, you know see. Uh, how I'm setting it up. By the way, I also have a pretty extensive blog post about the purchase of my uh, unit in Colombia. So if you go to getpaidforyourpad.com, you'll see there's a blog tab in the menu bar. And if you click on that, you'll see all my blog posts. And you scroll down a bit, you'll see a post that's called Why I Bought a Penthouse in Cali, Colombia to Rent on Airbnb. And this is a really long post. It took me quite a long time to uh, to write it, actually. It contains all the research that I've done, all the floor plan and all sorts of screenshots. It's, uh, I don't know how long it is exactly, but I think it's a couple, at least like 25 or 3,000 words. I also included some information about uh, Cali and Colombia. So if you're, if you're interested, uh, go ahead and check it out. By the way, there is one unit still available in the building where I bought. And, you know, this building is perfect for Airbnb because the company that's bought the building and the, the company that's selling the, the individual units, like they're, they've bought the building with the purpose to rent it out on Airbnb, which means that you'll, you'll never run into problems with the building management because the building is owned by this company. So, all the people that are buying the units, they're buying those units with the intention of renting them out. So you're not going to have any problems with, you know, with residents who are going to complain about the guests coming in and out. So, you know, three of the, there's four units in the building. I, I bought the top floor and, and uh, I believe the bottom, the bottom floor is still available. It's the cheapest and the biggest unit. But then obviously, like, because you're on the ground floor, you don't have a nice view, et cetera. But any, in any case, uh, if you're interested, just let me know and uh, I can send you some information. You've heard me talk about Hostfully a lot over the past few months. I love sending my beautiful Hostfully guidebook to my guests, as it makes me look very professional. I also love including screenshots of my guidebook in my actual Airbnb listing. This helps me stand out from the crowd. Well, now I'm thrilled to announce that I'm a sponsor of the Hostfully Host program. Twice a month, Hostfully selects a host and features them on their top-ranked blog. This is great promotion for your listing and a cool way to share your favorite local spots to a large audience. What's even cooler is that each Hostfully host gets a free set of organic sheets from the clean bedroom. And now that I'm a sponsor, you'll also be featured in my newsletter, my social media feeds, and you get free access to my video course on how to be a great host. For more details and how to apply, visit hostly.com slash hostlyhost. Now, I have also bought a studio unit in the Philippines. Uh, I, don't, I haven't talked about this before. So my, my intention was to, to buy free units to rent out an Airbnb, free units in different places around the world. And, you know, the sale of my apartment in Amsterdam gives me enough funds to, you know, to buy those free units if they're all in the sort of 100 to $150,000 range. However, 
And I ran into uh, an opportunity in uh, in the Philippines that I thought was too good to pass on, but it's not. It doesn't fit into the Airbnb model, though. So I'm talking about a little island. It's right next to Boracay in the Philippines. So if you've never been to Boracay, Boracay is the most touristic destination in the Philippines. So the Philippines is a very large island group. It has like, I don't know, like 7,000 islands or something. It's one of the most beautiful countries that I've ever been to. I mean, there's just an unbelievable amount of beautiful little islands with amazing beaches, like white sand beaches, tropical waters, super clear. There's lots of scuba diving. So if you're into beaches, if you're into snorkeling, scuba diving, and other water sports, or if you just want to chill on a little island in the middle of nowhere, then it's Philippines is really the ideal destination. And I think it's a little bit overlooked still by tourists. You know, places like Thailand, Vietnam, those are those are the countries you know that most people think of when they think of going to Asia and they want to go to some beaches. But I really think that uh, that the Philippines is is an amazing option. Um, but in any case, Boracay is a tiny little island, and it's completely packed. I mean, it's it's just there's no space anymore. You know, it's it's so small. Um, you can pretty much walk anywhere on the island. I'd say uh, it's just a few miles wide, and it's a, you know it's a really cool destination, but it's getting way too crowded for uh, for my taste. And also, up until now, there there's never been like an international airport. Uh, that was very close to the island. Um, you know, last time I went there, I think it was 2013 or so, and you still had to either you fly into Boracay Airport with a small, one of those small planes, like one of those propeller-powered planes, and those are all local flights, right? So you have to fly into Manila first or, or Cebu, and then you have to take a, a local flight. Um, the closest international airport was uh, in Calibo, which is a couple hours away. And since Boracay is an island, if you want to fly directly internationally, you have to fly into Calibo, take a take a taxi for a few hours, and then you have to take like a tiny little boat to get to the island. It's it's only like like a five or ten minute boat ride, but still, you know, the infrastructure wasn't uh, for transportation wasn't that great. Um, and then you have to like take a little tricycle when you arrive at the island. So it's, it's kind of a little bit of a hassle to, to get there. But now they've, they've improved this a lot. They have, uh, just upgraded the airport that's right next to the, to the island. And so this airport is going to be able to receive the, the big jumbo jets from, uh, or, you know, not the, not the biggest ones, but at least like the, the Airbuses and the Boeings. The jets, um, they're going to be able to receive them from, you know, from Singapore, from Shanghai, uh, from Japan. And so I think that uh, this is going to really bring in a lot of uh, additional tourists. But as the, as Borka is pretty, pretty much maxed out in terms of construction, you know, I was thinking about uh, the, the surrounding islands and, you know, the area close to Borka. And so there is another island called Karabao. And that one is completely, undiscovered yet i mean there's there's maybe one resort but other than that it's 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 completely empty and so my guess is that this island is going to be the next boracay in the future 
Now it happens to be the case that I I knew a person because I've been I've looked at the investing in real estate in Borca in the in the past, but I always felt like I was you know I was kind of behind the curve there, and so but I still had some contacts from the time that I was looking into uh, into the real estate in Borca, and one of these contacts um, showed me this opportunity on Carabao Island, and they, so they're building a resort there. And I, uh, I ended up buying a little studio unit uh, in this resort. So this resort has a has a private beach. They're gonna have a kite surfing and scuba diving school on the beach. And it's just a like a ten or fifteen minute boat ride from Boracay. The resort's gonna have their own boat. They have their own little you know little jetty. So I figured uh, instead of going to Boracay, I think a lot of people will would like to go to Carabao instead because it's you know, because it's still so empty, you, you have your own private beach. It's a, it's a much more local, authentic experience, I think, than if you go to Borkai. And that may change in the future. I'm sure there's going to be more resorts, uh, which will kind of, uh, you know, destroy the, the tranquility and the peacefulness that the island, that the island has now. But at the same time, it's probably going to be good for my investment. And so, I bought the studio. It's, uh, you know, you're not allowed to own land in the Philippines. So the way it works is when you buy something, you, you basically, you technically you're leasing it for 20 years. It's like a lease back construction. And then you can, after 20 years, you can extend it. Um, so I did a lot of due diligence. I did a lot of research because, you know, I, I'm aware that sometimes, uh, these projects, uh, end up in a total mess or even, uh, it could be like a Ponzi scheme or, you know, the, there, there is some fraud going on with this type of deal sometimes. So I spent quite a lot of time talking to other people who've purchased units on the, in the same resort. You know, I've shown all the contracts and, and stuff to, uh, to, uh, some lawyers. And I really looked into who's behind the project, who's the developer, what are the parties that they're associated with. And, uh, there's some pretty, uh, there's some big names in there. So. You know, in the end of the day, I decided that, uh, I mean, it, it's great. I think it's a great opportunity. And I, I bought the last one, I believe. So I, I don't think there's anything available anymore. But, uh, but in any case, the deal is that, uh, you know, the resort manages the unit and, uh, I get to stay there two weeks per year. The rest of the year, it's going to be uh, rented out to tourists and then I'll be receiving 80% of the revenue. So I'll probably write a blog post about this as well, even though it's not really an Airbnb investment. It might still be interesting for people to, who are interested in investing to read this because, you know, these, these lease back constructions, it's, if you've never, if you're not familiar with it, it, it feels a little uncomfortable. Just the idea that technically you don't own it is, uh, is a little unsettling, but, uh, I decided to, you know, to sort of, uh, take the gamble, so to speak. And go ahead. I mean, I think the returns are going to be are going to be pretty epic. Um, if I if I look at the prices in Borkai that you pay for the hotels, they're very high, very very high. So yeah, I'm going to be getting eighty percent of the of the income that's generated from uh, my unit, and I've calculated that it will probably get me at least like ten, fifteen, or potentially even upwards to twenty percent of a return on investment. So time will tell if it's actually going to happen, uh, but uh, I'm pretty positive about it. But anyway, I'll, I'll let you know when the blog post is done so you can take a look at it. Well, 
a few other updates. So I'm going to change the, the Monday episodes that I do a little bit on this podcast. A lot of people have told me that they, they would love to see episodes that are more uh, centered around one specific topic. So, you know, when I started out doing this podcast back in the day with Fuzefa, we, we were just interviewing Airbnb hosts, right? We didn't really have a specific topic. And a lot of people have told me that, you know, they, they look at all the different episodes that are out there and, you know, people don't want to listen to 155 episodes, right? So they're asking me, you know, which episodes do I listen to? You know, I'm interested in, in this topic, this topic, and this topic. And so what I'm going to do is from now on, every episode will have a very specific topic. For example, last week we had an, an episode about home away and Airbnb and VRBO, what are the differences, etc. And so every episode is going to be, it's going to have a topic. Um, if you have any good ideas about topics, by the way, feel free to shoot me an email at jesper at getpaidforyourpet.com. And I, uh, I will be more than happy to find a good candidate to talk about that topic. Next week, it's going to be about hosting for females. We're going to have a very special guest that is uh, very uh, enthusiastic and excited to talk about this topic. And I can't really comment too much on it since I'm not a woman. But uh, I'm sure it'll be an interesting discussion. Anyway, uh, if you have suggestions, uh, let me know. And I'm also going to create sort of an overview blog post with all the different podcasts that are out there and the different topics. So that if people are interested in a certain topic, they can just go to this page and then you can see you know, which episodes talk about which topics. Anyway, so that's it for now. Uh, I'm currently actually staying in an Airbnb in Taiwan, Taipei. I'm going to be here for one month. Taipei is probably my favorite city in Asia. It's, it's really awesome. So if you've never been and you're in the area, I would definitely recommend you check it out. Um, I am staying at a really nice little one bedroom apartment here, actually, that I rented for one thousand dollars for the for the whole month. Uh, in the right in the my favorite neighborhood in uh, in Taiwan, and so I'm really excited. It's it's a really nice new apartment in a in a nice building. The only thing is that when I entered the apartment, I was welcomed by a lot of people's worst nightmare, the cockroach. Uh, that's not so shocking to me because. I've traveled a lot in Asia and South America and, you know, cockroaches tend to be around. But in any case, I had to remove two of these fellows uh, before I was able to, uh, you know, go to sleep. But um, anyway, I'll be here for a month. So the next few podcasts, I'll be, I'll be doing them from here as well. All right. Well, thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Get paid for your pet. 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 Get paid for your pet.